Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 240 being recorded on Friday, October 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason Scott Show listeners. Well, it has been a very busy week of e-commerce news. We had uh, Prime Day this week earlier, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. That was exciting. Um, and then also one of your favorite days, Jason, the U.S. Census data dropped. So um, and we had talked about that just way back in episode 39. So we thought we would put a short show out to really just kind of review the news and make sure everyone was up to date because we're heading into the holiday period. That's awesome. And uh, it feels special for me because we're recording this show on a rarity for us. You and I are spending Friday night together. So I feel like I, I'm I'm usually only good enough for a weeknight with you. So I feel special that I got a weekend night. Yeah, I'm going clubbing later. So I had time to squeeze you in. Nice. I appreciate it. Um, well, before we jump into all the awesome content for this show... I wanted to remind listeners uh, that if you've been enjoying the podcast, the best way to reward us for all the hard work we put into it is to jump onto iTunes and give us that five-star review. It's annoyingly difficult. You you actually have to go into the podcast app is the only place to write reviews, uh, and you can write a review or you can just click on the five-star and be done with it, uh, but that really helps us. Uh, with discoverability on the on the various platforms and help us find new listeners. So if everyone would take a moment to do that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, also today was kind of exciting. You and I were both quoted in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I feel like we finally made it. Yeah. We can uh, – did your mom see? What, did you tell your mom? What's that? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did share it with some family, but more fun, uh, my, my social network just has a lot of people that read the New York Times regularly, and even a number of people uh, – apparently there's still this thing where they – they take all the articles from the website and they somehow recreate them on papyrus and, and I guess, mail them to people. Hmm. Um, so apparently there's some kind of physical thing called the New York Times that you can read. And I actually had several family members that that read the papyrus uh, reach out and say, I have no idea what you do. You seem like a total fraud, um, but you're in the New York Times, so you're legit now. Wow. Good. I'm glad that that's strengthened your relationship with your family. Yeah, well, they still don't like me, but they were impressed by that one moment. I, I think they all correctly assume I was riding on your coattails. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're tiny, so it's good good that you can fit on there. The uh, yeah, <laughs> the uh, we'll put a link to the article in the show notes, but it was really about Shipageddon. So um, the this is a weekly newsletter or weekday newsletter that they published called On Tech, and they were highlighting some of the things we talk a lot about about on the show. So we we're excited to be in there. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And then speaking of Shipageddon, uh, uh, kind of semi-related, I guess. So Amazon held their uh, Prime Day, and this was interesting because it's the first time we've had a October Prime Day. Um, they shifted it due to the pandemic. 
Uh, and then Amazon did have a press release and in a typical Amazon fashion. They gave us some tidbits, but then left us wanting more. So um, what they announced is the first of all, the announcement was really interesting in that unlike previous years where they kind of pound their chest and say, this was the biggest prime day ever. They did not say that. So a lot of people implied from that, that it was a terrible day. Um, but then I think the right read on that came from a lot of Wall Street analysts who said, oh, they just really don't want to be pounding their chest because they're under scrutiny uh, around a lot of monopoly talk. So they just really wanted to highlight third parties. So so that was the press. So they essentially said that sales grew 60% year over year for third parties. Uh, and this is when they lined up prime days from last year's June to this year's October. So it's not just like, oh, these random days in October grew 60% year over year. Um and then they said, and this is the part that was interesting, is they said that third-party sales drove $3.5 billion in GMV. So, so that was good. And then, um, and then this is interesting because some Wall Street folks kind of implied, okay, um, well, typically half the units, uh, Amazon reports this on a quarterly basis, about half the units come from first party, half from third. Therefore, if you did three and a half over on the third-party party side, you probably did three and a half on the first party Therefore, it was a $7 billion prime day. But then other folks said, well, if we kind of dig into the numbers a little bit, um, you know, the first party, just because it's 50% across a quarter doesn't mean it was over prime day. Uh, and then you and I know that the top sellers are always Amazon's own devices. Um, and they ran some ridiculous deals on like, there's an Echo Dot for, I think, the lowest it's ever been and a couple other things um, on there. Uh, and then when you look at the best sellers, they they typically, you know, they had something like 18 of the top 20 slots. So then folks kind of look at that and say, well, what if what if that's that three and a half billion from third party actually is on the maybe that's about a third. So then you get this bracket of on the low end, about seven billion uh, in GMV for the prime day two day event. Uh, and then on the high end, around 10 billion. Um, do you have a opinion of where that landed? Yeah, Uh I imagine that it was on the lower end. Um, I part. Uh, I, I I think uh, all the regulation aside, if it if it was a huge blowout day, I I still think they would have trumpeted that more. And the fact that they were focusing on the on the three P sellers and emphasizing the the small businesses, I'm I'm sure it was a huge day. But I I just find the the kind of seven billion uh, uh, numbers are probably more credible. Got it. Okay. Cool. And then a um, couple of other interesting things. I think the theme of this one, so so there was some of the third-party data uh, providers out there. Um, one of the more active ones on Twitter was uh, this lady, Kala Schwartz. Um, I think she's relatively new at Salesforce. Um, they've been hiring a lot of people in their, their retail strategy group. Um, and she was uh, really reporting on a lot of data and, so, so my understanding of this data, and we should have her on the show. So this is this is my unofficial understanding of this data. Is it's essentially the demandware data, um, and maybe some other stuff in there, but largely the the old platform known as demandware, which is now what Salesforce Retail Cloud or something. Um, so, so it doesn't include Amazon, um, which which is which is interesting. So. What they saw is in that data set, they saw over 50% increase in traffic to non-Amazon stores uh, on the first day, um, and then uh, that continues. So they, they saw a pretty robust, I think overall, they saw 71% more 
um, compared to when it was in the June, July timeframe. So, so I think the theory there is more and more retailers glommed on to prime day and benefited from it. So it feels like the non Amazon folks were probably the winner of this prime day, which is kind of an interesting, uh, turn of events. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, I think you're right. I think the, the web, Traffic data from Salesforce comes from Salesforce Commerce Cloud, which is formerly Demandware. But they actually do have another cool data set that she also used in that article. Um, they also have exact target, right? So they have a bunch of people that do outbound marketing. And she was actually able to do some analytics on other retailers and found, uh, and found that, like, on average, retailers sent 20% more emails on Prime Day uh, than they typically do in that day. Um, and that a, a significant portion of them, I want to say um, 18% of all the emails that got sent out on Tuesday and Wednesday referenced the word prime or holiday in them. So, like, uh, you know, her premise from that was that a ton of other retailers are were promoting sale, uh, either holiday sales or, you know, specific counter prime programming in their outbound email. And then um, to sort of reinforce that, uh, another cool report that I'll, I'll put a link to in the show notes came from uh, one of the Forrester analysts. Um, so she took the top 50 e-commerce sites in the U.S. and visited them all on Prime Day and screenshotted them all. So she put together this this cool PDF showing, you know, what everyone's primary messaging was on, on Prime Day and you're you'll see a theme like almost everybody had a a holiday sale running on on October 10th which is you know much earlier than you would ordinarily expect to see cool any other interesting things you saw on prime day um i think you you hit on all the the big ones uh there uh i i always just get a chuckle uh so Amazon A, they did say that it was the largest two sales days ever for third-party sales, um, which is which is interesting. You know, even though a lot of people estimate that third-party sales were a much smaller part of the mix on Prime Day than they 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 usually are, um, but Amazon always tells us what the top-selling products are in every market, uh, and and from past years we know those are predominantly Alexa products. Um, this year they they didn't include that on any of their lists so it's all the non-amazon products and uh it just occurred to me that when covid's over and we can take a vacation i feel like the people in netherlands turn out to be much more fun than the people in spain because the best-selling product in the netherlands was a lego star wars stormtrooper helmet which i feel like you and i could both relate to um and the best-selling product in spain was like a dish detergent uh Come on, Spaniards! Got a yeah. Prime Day game. Their their rep is like totally cool and hip, but apparently they're not as into Star Wars Legos as the as the the uh, the Dutch. Would that be? Yeah, yeah. Their uh, their uh, Maslow's pyramid is inverted. Got to have Star Wars at the top versus cleanliness. Yeah, or maybe the Spanish are just so hip that everyone already had a Lego Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet, and therefore they didn't need one for Prime Day. Could be, could be. We'll have to have someone on the show to. To dig into this burning issue. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, let's, uh, I know you love to talk data. Let's dig into the retail sales that came up. I'm still, 
I'm still kind of in the fanboy uh, uh, glow from having the guys on the show. So it was uh, exciting to see the data come out days after we had talked to them. Yeah, yeah. So we talked to them last week. That was last week's episode. They sort of explained how they did all this data, and they referenced in the show that on the 16th, um, we get next month's advanced retail data. So it came out uh, first thing this morning, and kind of the the very top line was retail sales were up 1.9% from last month. Um, so that's encouraging. Uh, like there's some argument that, that, uh, there's been a resurgence of COVID. So there might've been some fear that there was less spending. So 2% is, is meaningful growth. Um, and, and their like top line, everything they measure was up 5.4% from, uh, September of 2019. Um, so as we talked about on last week's show, I'm not very interested in month over month data. I don't think it's it's all that relevant for retail. Um, so I quickly stripped out the 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 kind of non retaily categories. So I took out autos, which side note for people in the auto industry like you, um, new and used auto sales are actually significantly up. Um, but I also took out gas, which gas sales are significantly down. Um, and and so I uh, and then I compared it to last year's number, not seasonally adjusted because we're comparing the same month from two years. Um, and so core, so I'll call that core retail. Core retail was up seven point five percent from last year. Um, so when you know further evidence when we talk about that that V shaped recovery, um, in general, it's absolutely true that that the overall industry is comping significantly above last year, which is remarkable given what we've been through. But I did then break down the individual categories. And what's what's really happening here is there are two big pools of money that consumers traditionally spend money on that is not retail. And COVID has, has caused people to not spend money on those categories. And instead, that money's flowing into retail. So basically... Um, you have about $8 billion in spending a month that used to go to restaurants and, and is now going to grocery stores instead because restaurant sales are so diminished. And then you have about $8 billion in spending that used to go on vacations that's now going into people improving their homes and items for their home. So, so you've got kind of $16 billion in incremental spending that flows into retail from that. Um, and then we saw uh, the non-store sales category, which we talked about in detail in the show last last week. But basically, that's mostly e-commerce. We'll call that 75% e-commerce and then some catalogs. And that's the fastest growing category of all. That's $17 billion in spending. So um, you add that $17 billion to the, the other two $8 billion numbers, and that basically was accounts for the entire 7.5% growth. Very cool. So at a, at a 30,000 foot level in Q2, we saw e-commerce grow at 45%. That makes sense to me because the census data really lines up with Amazon, which feels right. Um, and then what this is telling us is we've come down to sub 30% growth in Q3. For September. Yeah. Yeah. This for is September. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we don't, we don't yeah. know Q3 and, and a, a reminder we get this monthly data, which is the least perfect measurement of e-commerce. It's this non-store number, um, and there's a bunch of challenges. There's a better e-commerce number that comes out once a quarter. And so there, we will get a better Q3 number 
Um, but it's going to be interesting that like from from the September data, you would infer that it's going to be down from the what was it last quarter, like 44 and a half percent or something from memory. Yeah. And even like uh, Forrester had and Goldman had 30 percent and maybe eMarketer. So so that would be, you know, yeah. During the, the actual the number, quarter, maybe it I feel sloped. Like yeah, I, I failed to mention it, but the actual official increase was 27 percent for non-store sales. Yeah. So 20, you know, I uh there are there are several other indexes out there of e-commerce like Adobe and Salesforce. And I, and I won't be surprised at all if they report a bigger number than 27. 27 sounds feels light to me. Um, if that is completely accurate, then what that would mean was that e-commerce was about 20 percent of retail sales in uh, September. Yeah. So that would be down, too, because we're usually at this 30. We, we kind of searched that 30 percent, right? Yeah, I love how you call it usually, but yeah, at the moment we've been <laughs> we've we've been trending in the high twenties or low thirties. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were in the teens. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Uh, possible that that you know as retail is opening up a little bit, people were starting to um, move more back to stores. But I have to tell you, all of the the databases that track store traffic are also I would characterize them as wildly imperfect and not agreeing with each other. So take them with a grain of salt. But most of the best store traffic data still says that we're down about 25% overall in terms of foot traffic. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, you would assume then that that, that should drive a bigger e-commerce number even than 27%. Yeah. Well, Amazon announces Q3 on October 29th. I had erroneously thought it was going to be next week but it's the week after. Um, so we'll be doing a show on that and it's going to be uh, interesting to see, um, you know, how that compares. Do you know when the quarterly data will come out? Will that be before or after the 29th? Do you, that do you that is a great question and it is knowable. Um, so we just have to stall while we're talking. Uh, the e-commerce quarterly data is going to come out on November 19th. Oh, okay. So, so we'll get Amazon yeah. first and then the data. So that'll be interesting. We can kind of see how those line up. Yeah, I will say though, so the um on November 17th so 2 days before that we'll get the the September uh or I'm sorry the October advance sales mm-hmm. and um expect that e-commerce number to be ginormous because there is all this prime day activity and every competitor's digital activity um so I I would expect the growth in e-commerce in in uh October to be wildly larger than it was in September yeah, I know we're jumping around here, but I'll connect these dots. The One of the theories from the Salesforce folks was that this is going to – Prime Day in October is going to shave a, a pretty material amount off of what I call the Cyber 5. Do, do you share that, or do you think that there's enough gap in there that it'll it'll be different? It's tricky. So I, in general, I do share that. Um, I, I think if you look at the Turkey 5 and you look at total – retail sales for those five days, brick and mortar and e-commerce, it's going to be um, for sure a light year um, because retailers are desperate to pull sales in earlier. They're, everybody's worried about their inventory. So they're worried about running out of product because the supply chains were disrupted. And, you know, per our discussion about ship again, they're really worried about getting a bunch of orders late. So retailers are desperate to not have all the sales happen on that Turkey five. And then, Nobody wants uh, 
Black Friday to be a big in-person day, right? Like they they don't want the big crowds because it's not very COVID friendly and they have limited capacity. So like paradoxically, retailers are are hoping that the Cyber 5 is lighter. Now, because they're discouraging people from going to the stores, that's going to shift more sales from those five days online. So so you're going to you know have kind of the whole tide lowering and then a little wave raising for e-commerce. But I have a feeling net net um, that that uh, retailers are going to successfully pull some November sales into October and therefore the the November sales will look a little more modest. But I also suspect that consumers don't totally trust retailers when they say the best deals are now. And so I, I don't think retailers are going to pull as much sales into October as, as they're hoping to. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Scott, uh, I feel like in a huge rarity, we have succeeded in producing a short show. Um, so I'm, I'm calling that a win. Uh, again, if you enjoyed this show and, uh, you thought you were going to get a really long workout and instead you just got a really short workout, uh, you're welcome. Um, and, uh, we totally appreciate everyone listening and, uh, look forward to talking to you next week. We've got a bunch of, uh, exciting shows and guests on tap. Yeah, after you leave that uh, awesome five-star review over uh, on your favorite podcast listening technology, uh, head on over to Facebook and like us over there. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn group. Uh, and then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Scott Wingo with one T, and Jason is Retail Geek with one K. And no T's. Correct. Well, there is a T. Oh, geez, there is. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world's worst speller. Uh, I feel like that's how you know my tweets are authentic and that I'm not paying someone to write them, is uh, all those spelling errors. Uh, <laughs> and I, th- on that note, I am going to wish everyone a great and happy weekend. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 